Uh, good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We are learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Tzadi Dalid and Tzadi Hayamid Aleph. We're starting about a third of the way down on uh, Tzadi Dalid Amid Aleph at the words Amar Le Rav Mordechai. You guys are ready to learn some Torah? Let's go, boys. Um, so we're starting about a quarter of the way down on Tzadi Dalad Amid Aleph at Amar Le Rav Mordechai. We're in the midst of a discussion of whether or not Eid Echad is Ne'eman uh, in regards to a Yavama. So says the Gemara as follows. Maybe we can try and bring a proof. We're not sure who said it, but they definitely said it to Ravashi. And says the Gemara as follows. Tashma, we have a Brisa from which maybe we can learn about Eid Echad. And the Gemara says as follows. A woman is not allowed, she's not trusted to say that her own husband died in order to allow her to marry her Yavama, her brother-in-law, her Yavam. And as well, she also cannot say that her sister died in order that she could marry her sister's husband. Those two things are not allowed, says the Gemara. He, nihi de We understand when we don't believe her, but what do we imply from here? So maybe we could learn from this brisa that Eid Echad is trustworthy in regards to a woman remarrying. Says the Gemara, that does not work. According to your reasoning, what about the Seifa? In the Seifa, it has the case about a man, not about a woman. A man is not allowed, is not believed to say that his brother died such that he could marry his brother's wife. And as well, he's also not Naaman to say that his wife died so that he could marry his wife's sister. And what's the diuk from the Seifa? You're right, we don't believe him, but what's the implication? The same exact implication as the Rasha. But says the Gemara, no way, that doesn't work. Why not? I understand in regards to a woman why we were lenient to say that an Eid Echad is Naaman when she's the one giving testimony under certain circumstances because... But in the Seifa of this Brisa, when we're talking about a man, that Svara doesn't apply. We don't have a concept of mishumi guna kilu because a man is never an agun, at least not in perfect form, because midoraisa, he can always marry somebody else. So therefore, there is no comparison between the reisha and the seifa. Therefore, what was the reisha for? If we know already about uh, that mishumi guna kilu then what was the reisha talking about? Says the Gemara, halfway down on Tzadi Akiva. The reisha of that brisa, which spoke about a woman and the inference that an eid echad could be naaman, we need that for the shita of Rabbi Akiva. How so? Um, I might have thought as follows. We're halfway down on Tzadi Dalit Amar Since Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that there is a, a that one can generate a mamzer simply with a Tashma Shemitah that's Chayve Lavin and not Chayve Kares, Ema, I might have thought that Chaysha Akil Kula Dezara Vidaika, I might have thought that Chaysha, she'll, she'll be worried, Akil Kula Dezara, about ruining her child and making that child into a Mamzer, Vidaika, and she would therefore do a lot of investigative research to confirm the death of her first husband. Kamash Malan, we don't trust her. We don't trust her. 
Therefore, we cannot learn anything from the Reisha about this. Skipping the parentheses. Rava Amar, I can, I can show you why Eid Echad is Neman from uh, Kal V'chomer. Eid Echad Neman B'yavama Mikal V'chomer. I know, says the Gemara, that an Eid Echad is trustworthy in regards to freeing up a Yavama to marry someone from the following logic. Le'isr Kare Sitarta. We know that in regards to an Isr Kares, we allowed the man to marry his, uh, in, the, in our Mishnah from a couple of blot ago, we allow a man to marry his wife's sister if the wife disappears, right? If, if, she's, if she dies, or we assume she's dead. And the Isr Lav, what about our case? Isr Lav of marrying of a Yavama, local chicane, all the more so. Says the Gemara, that would be nice, except that it's just factually not correct. She herself is the Raya. The Mishnah does allow that, but it doesn't allow her to marry someone based on her own ages. So therefore, we have no Raya from this Kalva Chomer. Uh, and says the Gemara, What's the rationale for not trusting her? Why can't we trust her to say, um, about herself, that her husband died and therefore she could marry the Yavam. Since sometimes there's a, a dislike, she doesn't like her husband, then she's not going to do so much research and she'll get married. And Since sometimes there's a dislike, then an Eid might just be kind of tipping the scales and therefore it's going to allow you to marry, uh, to, to break off your marriage with someone else. And therefore, you may not be you may not be fully objective, or as we say, uh, and like loosely in the learning world, you're no gebedavar. If you don't like your husband, oh, eight echad sufficient, he's dead. And then you're going to remarry, and that may be some serious halachic issues. You have to be careful not to allow our emotions to get in the way. So some poskim discuss this in regards to, to piskei halacha. Fascinatingly, a person is allowed to paskin their own hilchos nidashilas. Ah, you're no gebedavar. Oh, it doesn't matter. We assume because there are isuri kares involved that a person will be very careful. We assume. So that's a similar logic over here, yet this is the reverse of that logic here. The Gemara doesn't embrace that logic. That brings us to the two dots, six, seven lines from the bottom of the page. And in these two dots, we quote a piece of the Gemara, Zem Midrash Darash Rebelazar ben Masya. What was this talking about? So if you were to look back in the Mishnah that we learned a couple of days ago, this, this Mishnah is found on the bottom of Tzadi Beis Aleph. We have to see the case inside, otherwise we won't really appreciate this Gemara. So let's learn the last four lines of the Mishnah on Tzadi Beis Aleph. The Mishnah on Tzadi Beis Aleph reads the last four lines, Amru la meis ba'aleich v'niskadsha. Let's say that a woman is told that her husband died and she got engaged to someone else. And then the husband showed up. She's allowed to break off her engagement with the second guy and marry the first guy. And uh, even though the second husband, it was only Kiddushin, he gave her a get, it doesn't passel her from the Kahuna. And then this line, the last line of the Mishnah is what was quoted in our Gemara. The drasha that he made was a simple drasha, that it's only because of the fact that there was Kedushan and not Nisuin that we allow that to happen. But the Gemara really basically says here, I mean, come on, you could have come up with a better drasha. How does this play out? The Gemara says as follows, six lines from the bottom. He had the opportunity to give a drasha that's equivalent to a pearl. And instead, and instead he gave a drasha that was like a shard of pottery. No. Not such a big chiddush. What was the big chiddush? Says the Gemara, my marganisa. What type of drasha could he have given? Says the Gemara, the Tanya, the Brisa writes as follows, based on the pasuk, Isha grusha mi isha, and a woman who is divorced may isha. It's mapike from her man, from her husband. Afidu loni skarsha el mi isha. 
Psula lekahuna, the hainu reach get the posel bekahuna. Sometimes, and this is the marganisa, this is the pearl, this is the better drusha. Sometimes something doesn't pass the smell test, and therefore they have to get divorced. What's the case? Take a look at Rashi, eight lines from the bottom of the page. A man writes a woman a get. And the get says, you are divorced from me. If he puts a condition in the get, then not only are we divorced, but you cannot marry anyone. That condition is an invalid condition because it means that they're not divorced. He still has cloud over her, which means they're not divorced. So the, the, the Rashi highlights this, that that they have to separate from her husband. And Rashi says, she's uh, and at the end of Rashi, it says, it's like the post of the kahuna doesn't smell good, doesn't smell right. So really, she's not perfectly divorced, doesn't matter. Uh, and, and we would still postle her for a kahuna whenever the divorce finally does take effect, even though the get had a strange tonight in it. Now, we've been discussing a case where the man goes out of town and we don't know what happens to him. Now the Mishnah reverses the case, three lines from the bottom of Tzadi Dalad. Now she goes out of town. Why does that make a difference? We'll see in the Mishnah. A man's wife goes out of town. And people come over to him and they say, Your wife died while she, while she was traveling. And in turn, he marries her sisters. You have, uh, you have Rachel and Leah. And Rachel's married to Reuven. And uh, we find out that Rachel dies. Reuven marries Leah. Okay? Not Yibum. Just Reuven marries Leah. So it says the Gemara. Um, uh, that's what he did. And then his wife magically returns. So what's the din? Muteres lachzor lo. She is allowed to go back to her husband. Which is really strange. Because... Okay, Rachel and Shimon. Reuben was married to Rachel. We thought Rachel was dead, so Reuben married married Shoshana. Well, yeah, Reuben married the sister, whatever whatever name I said, whatever Rachel's sister was. But Leah, that was good. So uh, Reuben married Leah. So he married his sister-in-law, even though there's no mitzvah sibum, which is very strange. We'll discuss that in the Gemara. And then when we find out that Rachel is really alive, he's allowed to divorce Leah and go back to Rachel. Half love of Philip. No, no, you're not. These are sisters. So because they're sisters, the whole thing is weird. Reuven was married to Rachel, and when Rachel was missing, he married Rachel's sister, Leah. And then Rachel showed up, he can divorce Leah and go back to Rachel. There's so many things wrong with that. What's the hitch? He may have been over in Israel, but that's it. You've married two sisters while they're both alive. You've married Leah away. <clears throat> this also wife. ignores the social politics of sisters sharing a husband. But the Gemara frequently absolutely. ignores those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But where the Gemara is, getting, there's a drusha behind this. It's not such a pasha de zach that like you're just allowed to marry the person's sister while they're still alive. It's not such a no, sure so not. right. So bechayeha exactly. So as we saw earlier in the Masech. Let me just finish. Let me finish the next line because we have to finish all the iterations of this. Umutter bekrovos shnia. And Ruvain, who was initially married to Rachel, and then was married to Leah, and now is married to Rachel again, if Rachel were to die, he could marry the relatives of, of Leah, even though it's his ex-wife. Okay, And Leah is also permissible to marry uh, the brother of Ruvain, even though she's lived with him as a wife. Unbelievable. The Mesa Rishona, if Rachel dies, he can then fully marry Leah. 
Oh, it's just so many. <laughs> yes, tax. So can he make the choice or does he, I mean, can he stay with Leah? No, because he's an Eishas Ish. He's married to Rachel. Because she was first so Rashi at the bottom of this page, I was going to learn this now, but I'll just look back at the bottom of Daf Tzadi Dal Rashi here has some critical language here. The first Rashi in the new Mishnah says, Muteras Why is it? Why is it that after Rachel shows up, he can divorce Leah and go back to Rachel? Listen to this language. The whole kedushin wasn't chal because she's Eishes Ish. Because she's Asia Sish, but still, I'm going to say, I don't know about not such a big deal. (laughs) Definitely not getting after Yona, that's for sure. But it's still very strange. I would have thought there was a prohibition, even though the marriage wasn't a marriage. It wasn't a marriage. That's the same as when a woman marries two men, that there's all kinds of, you know, problems that become also a vow. So, oh, you don't have any of that here. Correct. All he needs to do is correct the mistake and... Really, there's not really there isn't even a mistake to correct. There's nothing that you need to do. You don't actually need to divorce Leah. Seemingly not even a get. From the Gemara, it seems like from the Mishnah, it seems like it's not with a get. We'll discuss some of those iterations in the Gemara. Yeah, there's what to be discussed. Or is it just a love? To love. It's probably Karis because he's an Ashish. Oh, no, not for him. That's on her. That's not on him. No, it's probably just a love. It's Nus, that's what Rashi calls it. So that's the first case of the Mishnah. According to Rabbi Akiva, maybe, because Rabbi Akiva holds that Mamzeris can be the Lavin. But no, it's not Chayvei Lavin for him. What, what is it? It's a it's sort of rice of sleeping with a woman. That, it's a love. It's a love. So Lechore would be, according to Rabbi Akiva, it would be Mamzeris. What? It's not an adulterous relationship. So that's. It's really complicated because the sister piece is really complicated. Like, do we view the Tash Mishamita with the sister as uh, as Aishas Ish? They're not married. Rashi calls it Snus, which seems to imply no lasting effects. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's continue. Next case of the Mishnah, three lines down, Sadi Daladamabes. Amrulo Mesa Ishto, if while she's out of town, they said, that his wife dies, so Reuven's married to Rachel, Reuven's in town, Rachel's out of town, and the news comes back that Rachel dies, Benosas Achosa, and he marries Leah. really Umesa. She really was alive when you married when you married Leah, and now she's dead. So Havlad Rishon Mamzer, Ein Mamzer. A child that was conceived while Rachel was still alive will be a Mamzer, and a child that was conceived after Rachel died is not a Mamzer. And Rabbi Yossi Omer, and this is incredibly cryptic, we're not even going to get to this today, but we will over the next many blot. Rabbi Yossi Omer, anyone that makes someone else puzzle by other people will make someone else puzzle by themselves. And the reverse, and that we will get to. Rashi says, second line, it's just so obvious that it's a deep, a deep line and needs some commentary. All right, thinking caps, says the Gemara. We need to know a scenario as follows. There's two sisters. Each of them are married to two random men. So let's keep Rachel and Leah. Ruvain's married to, uh, to Rachel. Leah is married to Levi. This, this, the women are sisters. The brothers are not brothers. The husbands are not brothers. And what is the case? So his wife, let's say Ruvain's wife, Rachel, the Giso, and his brother-in-law, 
through marriage. It's a brother-in-law through marriage. It's not direct. It's his wife's sister's husband, who is Levi. So his wife, Rachel, and Levi, they go out of town, the Medina Sayyam. Uh, and now the marriage that takes place when we find out that he dies is that basically um, who's left? Ruvain is going to marry Leah. Leah's in town, Levi's out of town. So they find out that the couple, that, the, that his wife and her husband die. So they get married. The marriage that takes place between Ruvain and his sister-in-law Leah, the Kamitsura Eshes Giso Agiso, which forbids Leah from remarrying Levi. Even though it's true that the that Leah is now forbidden from Levi, still Ishto Sharia, he's still allowed to marry his wife if she comes back. Let me say the case again. We have two couples. Ruvain's married to Rachel, and Rachel's sister Leah is married to Levi. Now, Ruvain's wife Rachel and her brother-in-law Levi go out of town. They have a conference. They're at a conference and the ship capsizes and we assume that they're dead. That's what the Adam say, that they're dead. So now the two remaining people who were not married to each other before, Ruvain marries Leah. And then we find out that really they're alive. So what's the din? The din is that Ruvain can go back to Rachel, but Levi cannot go back to Leah. Vilo Amrinan, we don't say that mitoch shenesra eshes giso agiso, that because... Leah and Levi are forbidden to one another, therefore, te'aser ishto alav. We have different halachos for these two people, which is a very interesting thing. We, we don't have time for all the lambdas, but the, it's a very interesting distinction. And Lema says the Gemara, maybe our Mishnah is Lema Masnisin deloke Rebbe Akiva. Why is it not like Rebbe Akiva? The Rebbe Akiva, havale achos grushaso. If that's the case, then his wife is Achos Grushaso. She should be uh, part of a list of people that she's not allowed to marry, that he's not allowed to marry. Havale, Havala, his wife is Achos Grushaso. He has to divorce Leah, who he married in second marriage, making Rachel Achos Grushaso. His own wife. His original wife, yes. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because is she truly a Grusha based on what you're saying? Rashi, fifth line, <laughs> the Lokarebi, oh, uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, the Lokarebi Akiva, Rashi says, the Ikarebi Akiva, Kevin de Boyahach Gita, Mine, Hoel Havile Ishto, Achos Grushaso, just like you said, David, that's correct. So he had his wife become Achos uh, Grushaso because he had to divorce Leah. Which means from our Mishnah, where we thought Papashtas, there was no get, there is a get. And why would we think that, um, that it's not Rebbe Akiva, the Tanya? Because the Brysa writes, a third of the way down, This sheet is not the one that's important to us, that the Tanakama is of the opinion that when one marries, let's say, one sister, a clear case of Arayos, there is no get, except for cases where it's Eshes Ish that married Alti Bezdin. Rabbi Akiva, Mosif, where else do we need to get? Av, Eshes, Ach, Ve'achos, Isha. Ve'kevan de Omar, Rabbi Akiva, Boya, get, Mimela, Itzra, Ale. Because Rabbi Akiva includes the case of Achos, Isha, 
that she requires a get, she would automatically become usher to him, dehavile achos grushaso. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva cannot be like our Mishnah, because our Mishnah, based on the first framing of the Gemara with the two couples, indicated that Ruvain is allowed to return to his first wife after they find her alive. So that shows us that it's not like Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara says that's not true. Halfway down on Tzadi Daladamud Beis, Belav Itmar Allah, don't we have a commentary on that Brice about Rabbi Akiva that says as follows? Amar of Gidel, Amar of Bar Yosef, Amar Rav, how do we understand the Brisa where Rabbi Akiva includes a case of Achos Isha with a get, in which case Rabbi Akiva cannot be like our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Hayeshes Hechidami. What is the case? Says the Gemara, it must be Kigon, a case, Shekidesh, Shekodash Achiv Es Isha, Es Isha. A man is, uh, he gets engaged to a woman. This is only engaged. And he goes to Medina Sayyam, he goes out of town. And while he is back in town, he hears that his brother dies and he marries his brother's friend and requires a get in such a case. The reason they require a get is because we would probably assume that uh, we might have erroneously thought that the first husband had a tonight. Remember when people would go to war back in the day, they'd have a, a tonight, they'd have a, a conditional get from before they go out of town. Maybe that's what they had over here. And they might assume that the second husband can marry no matter what. And even if the first husband showed up, all is well and good because the condition was retroactively undone. That's not correct. Therefore, we have therefore we have a get. But really, Medina, we don't require a get. And if that's true, maybe our Mishnah is like Rabbi Akiva. And as well, says the Gemara, What was the case of Achos Isha? A man proposes to a woman, and she goes out of town, and we hear that she dies. And the husband marries her sister. We might have made, made an assumption that there was a Tanai in the condition of the first husband that retroactively undid their marriage, in which case we uh, would have assumed that husband, the husband, her husband can now marry the wife's sister. That's not true because maybe that's what's going on with Rabbi Akiva, and that's why there's a get. It's just a chumrah, but Ladina maybe not, in which case our Mishnah could be like Rabbi Akiva. Says the Gemara, that's all fine and good, except for one thing. All of those cases had to do with Kedushin. Ellen Suin, Meikal Meimar. Is there such a thing as putting conditions on Nisuin? We don't have that. That's like not a thing. You're either married or you're not married. The marriage is not conditional. So therefore, says the Gemara, uh, uh, there, that's what the Gemara concludes. And therefore, Rabbi Akiva uh, was not referring to our Mishnah. And on that note, the Gemara adds another element about Rabbi Akiva as follows. Omar le Ravashi the Rav Kahana. Ravashi says to Rav Kahana, I Rabbi Akiva, if our Mishnah is in fact like Rabbi Akiva, our Mishnah which says that a man can marry his wife after she's gone missing, and in the meantime he married her sister, says the Gemara, listening Nami Chamoso, we should have also included in our Mishnah a case where a man marries his mother-in-law after his wife disappears. Because according to Rabbi Akiva, after a man's wife dies, the prohibition of being with that person's of that with your with your wife who died with her mother is lav bisrefa. It's not it's not the most extreme consequence. Titania, the pasuk reads ba'eshi srefu osova eshen. 
he gets killed, ve'eshen, and they get killed. Hard to understand exactly what the words mean, says the Gemara. Oso ve'es Only one of them gets killed. He gets killed, and only one of the women. Rabbi Kiva Omer, oso ve'eshtehen. Rabbi Kiva says both of them get killed. Now, we're not going to get into this, um, into the lambdas of what we're about to, to read in full. We'll just do it on, on a more simplistic level. But if you're looking for a, a very uh, a very good, uh, strong Rashi, the Rashi of Osova Eshtehan explains all of this in full color. Says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom. I could understand, according to Abaye, why we don't add in the case of Chamoso as another possible case that could have been included, that a man could marry his mother-in-law after the death of his wife. That the machlokas Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva is simply a question of how to understand the psukim. The Rabbi Shmuel savar chada, as we said earlier, the Rabbi Shmuel holds that only one of the women would be killed. The Rabbi Akiva savar tartek siv shapir. Then I could understand why our, why our Mishnah doesn't include the case of achoso. Ela the Rava, but according to Rava, the Amar Chamoso laachar misa ikabeinaihu listening nami Chamoso. But according to the possible understanding of the Machlokas Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, that it's about whether or not there's Srefa with the mother-in-law after death, and Rabbi Akiva was lenient, we should have included the case of Chamoso in our Mishnah. Yet we did not. Amar Le, you're right that it wasn't included, but you're taking it a little too far. Nihi demiata krami Srefa. According to Rabbi Akiva's understanding. You're right that there is no sreifa in this case between a man and his mother-in-law after his wife dies. But there still is going to be a prohibition to be with her, and therefore it wasn't included in our Mishnah. Going back to a mechudish part of our Mishnah, says the Gemara, I don't understand. When his wife goes missing, how can he just marry the wife's sister? Asks the Gemara, three lines from the bottom. We shouldn't allow this to take place because uh, we had a case where, uh, where uh, that was seemingly the opposite implication, where we would not allow for this to take place, that a man can sleep with his sister-in-law. Says the Gemara, Lo dami, the cases are not identical. In the case of a woman where she did something bemezid, uh, where she was slept with a man bemezid, which is an Isr Doraisa, therefore Bishogeg, uh, then we would say Gazubarabana. But Achosisha, but when it comes to a man uh, who lives with his sister-in-law, which would not forbid him from his wife in the future, says the Gemara, this strange distinction between men and women. And the Gemara wants to know where we know that from. How do we know that a man who is intimate with his sister-in-law doesn't ruin uh, his uh, ability to, to still be with his wife? Says the Gemara, osa. what do we learn from the word osa? Osa shchivta osarta, with her, when she sleeps with someone, it forbids her to her husband. However, when her sister sleeps with her husband, it does not forbid that. Oh, I didn't even know that. And it's this week's Parsha. Thank you. It's a good thing someone's doing Shnai Nicker in the room. Says the Gemara. I don't have to prepare It's true. I agree with you. Although before Daf Yomi started, I was also very bad with Shnai It says in the notes, don't try to say Yeah. It just says Dvarim Hey. It says Bamidbar Hey. That's enough for David. Yeah. I'm happy to know a safer word. No, I'm just kidding. I lamed two weeks ago. It's fine. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> says the Gemara. This is the Svara. This is that not the Svara. This is the Drasha. It's not logical. It's just a Drasha. The Drasha indicates that if a man sleeps 
with his wife's sister that he is still able to, to return to his wife. Of course, not politically, maybe not practically, but halachically. And then the Gemara says, this drasha was meant to offset the following Kalbachomer, sheyachal the halodin, very strange formulation of language, very strange, sheyachal, I might have thought, quote, the halodin, that there is a Kalbachomer to be had. Halodin, what's the logic? I might have thought that if a man slept with a woman who wasn't his sister-in-law, that it ruins his marriage, then all the more so if the woman was Achosa, his sister-in-law, because that that's its own prohibition in the Torah. Therefore, we needed the drasha to offset this kalvachomer to make sure that we knew with clarity that if a man is intimate with his sister-in-law, it does not preclude him from returning to his wife. The b'risa continues, Amar of Yehuda, really that's not right. Lo ishto. There is no machlokes between Beishamai and Beishillel that one who is with his mother-in-law is posalis ishto, that if the wife returns from Medina Sayyam, uh, that's not a good scenario. That's not good. She comes back from out of town and all of a sudden her husband uh, is living with her mother. With her mother. It's not, not good family politics. So says the Gemara, that case, it's posala esishto. That's for sure, says Rabbi Yehuda. And we're going to analyze this shita later. Alma nechlefu, but where does Rabbi Yehuda think there is a machlokes beishamai beishillel? Bebaal achos ishto, when one is intimate with his sister-in-law. Shebeishamai omrim posel. Beishamai says that's a problem for the husband and wife. Ubeishillel omrim lo posel. Now Rabbi Yossi has a divergent view of Rabbi Yehuda. He says as follows, Amr Rabbi Yossi, Lo nechleku beishamai beishillel b'ba'alachos ishto shelo posel ishto. Rabbi Yehuda thought there was a machlokes here. Rabbi Yossi says there is no machlokes here. Of course it's going to be that the husband is not puzzled to his wife, even if he sleeps with her sister. Alma nechleku, where do beishamai and beishillel argue? Says the Gemara, al chamoso, when a man is intimate with his mother-in-law, and then the wife returns. Shabeshamai says this ruins the marriage. Why does Beishillel say lo posel? Let's follow along in this logic. Not difficult, but a little lengthy. Initially, before marriage, each of them can marry anyone they want. Kitsha, but once they get engaged, who osra asarto? He, because they're married, forbids her from others, and she forbids him from others. However, and we're all a third of the way down on Sadi Hayamad Aleph, Meruba Isr She'asra, Me'isr She'asartuhu. But the prohibitions on her are greater than the prohibitions on him. Shehu Asra Bechol Anashim Sheba Olam. He forbids her from marrying any other man in the world. But she cannot stop him from marrying other women other than her family. Behi lo asartuhu elabikrovoseha. Yeah, it's true. If I'm engaged to, to Rachel, then I can't then get engaged to her sister, but I can get engaged halachically to any other woman in the world. It all works. It's all functional. And that's very logical. When he forbids her from marrying all of the other men in the world, then when there is a shigaga be'asarla, when he's uh, someone that's asar to her, eina ne'eseres b'motarla, she doesn't become forbidden to him. He shelo asar to ele b'krovoseh, shagag be'isar be'asarlo, eino din shelo ne'asarlo b'motarlo. This indicates that if he is with his sister, then it should be 
so it should be usher, but it won't restrict them from being married. And all of this says the Gemara, how about a case of mazid? What would be the din then? Says the Gemara, Talmud Lomar Osa, that even if he is with the sister-in-law b'mezid, it still doesn't forbid him from returning to his wife if she then returns from Medina Sayyah. Osa with her, shechivasa osarta. If she is intimate with someone, it does ruin the marriage. However, if he is, in, if she, the sister, is intimate with even the husband, it doesn't forbid her. It doesn't forbid him from marrying his wife again. Now, we had said earlier, according to the Shita of Reb Yehuda and the Brisa, he said that there was no machloket beishamai beishelel in the case of Baal Chamoso, that it was poselis ishto. So the Gemara says three lines before the wide lines on Sadi Hey Amar Aleph, Amar Ami, Amar Reish Lakish, my time of Reb Yehuda. What was the reason of, reason of Rabbi Huda to say that the Chamoso, that his mother-in-law will ruin the marriage? The Pasuk reads, The wife did nothing wrong. The wife wasn't even in town. The wife did nothing wrong. Not everybody is killed. So says the Gemara, you're right. So why does the Pasuk say plural language? Well, if in fact this Pasuk is not talking about Srefa for the wife because the wife was out of town and did nothing wrong, at least we should say that there is an Isser. Amar of Yehuda Amar Shmuel. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel says as follows. We don't paskin like Rabbi Yehuda. Rather, we paskin like base like like Rabbi Yossi, and that in regards to the case of Chamosa, there's a machlokes beishamai beiselo. And in fact, the story, and we'll end with these two dots in the next line. There was a person who was intimate with his mother-in-law. They brought the shaila to Rabbi Yehuda. Nagde, he gave him lashes. Omar Le, he said to the man who uh, who was intimate with his mother-in-law, If not for the fact that Shmuel said that the halacha is not like Rabbi Yehuda and therefore like Beis Hillel, and therefore it doesn't ruin your marriage, Asrita Allah I would have forbidden your wife from you forever. That was not the right thing that you did. Even though Midorai said mutter, it's not the right thing that you did. We'll stop right here. We're going to be learning again on Shabbos morning at 8 a.m. We'll learn a, a, hopefully a blot and a half. It's a lot of material. I hope I can finish it in time. Uh, we'll get as far as we can. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Are you recording on Shabbos for people on uh...